0: This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Supply and demand report out for December, typically not a big market mover. USDA supply and demand equation really didn't change that much in this week's report. Summit commodities market analyst Tim Marsh says traders expected the USDA to lower soybean exports and raise the carryover.
1: Corn side raise the corn for ethanol number a little bit and lower the carryover and that's kind of the way the markets uh... went into the report corn near its recent highs and beans kind of in the middle the wheat numbers were expected to go up a little bit and they did so the wheat was closer to the bottom of its range but i suppose uh... it's not unusual for the usda just to hit reprint for the supply demand report for corn and beans this particular month we don't have any updated crop production report for corn and beans, U.S. corn and beans, in December only updated supply-demand reports where the demand might change, so it didn't change anything, which is a little disappointing uh, for corn traders. In turn, probably a little disappointing for bean traders, too. Initially, the markets went down.
0: USDA did make some changes to the world numbers in this week's supply-demand report. World numbers are viewed as negative for corn and for wheat. Soybeans, uh, though, global numbers were lower as well, mostly due to China's production. The December WASDE report is typically not a big market mover. Ever Ag broker and market analyst Jenny Wackershauser said that theme stayed the same. When we look at corn-specific, acreage numbers are still at 93.3, and yield they held right at 177. It will be interesting to see how that yield progresses, as we've heard from producers it's held. As we look at feed usage, imports, exports, and um, ethanol usage, all of those numbers are exactly the same, which we had seen um, some small increases in ethanol in the November report. So that puts our um, ending stocks here for corn still right below 1.5. We're at 1.493. So no change and that's right in where I think a lot of expectations were. And by the end of the week U.S. Commodities President Don Rose said the grain trade really has begun its holiday type of trading mode. And
1: that means when we rally this market, it seems like you run out of momentum unless something big changes. And on the downside, you still have uh, breaks uh, End users with the uh, ethanol margin still a twenty-five a gallon strong and uh, buying underneath the market. And the same thing on soybeans with the crush margin strong. So uh, call it a trading range market, waiting uh, to look at South America weather here each weekend.
0: Livestock markets ended the week strong, especially on the lean hog market. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoop says the cattle market, though, pretty quiet this week. We
1: did have, I thought, a negative news week for the cattle. Early in the week, cash trade should have been steady to $2 higher. turned out to be about a $2 lower market, steady to $2 lower this week. Steer weight's up four pounds compared to the week prior. And then we also had a marking year low in exports. And so not real positive news for this cattle market. We may set the futures back just a little bit. Um, but seasonals do start to turn higher into the end of the month and beginning of the new year, so that should provide some support.
0: Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Tom Lilja said the lean hog market had a good day Friday.
1: Having a very good day. The hogs, they've been searching for a short-term low, uh, bringing in some pretty good buying here. They may have found that low. Uh, cutoff values, they're off about $0.30 cents from last week on the hogs, but overall... Uh, we're just down at some pretty low levels, and they're coming in and buying it. Cattle side of it, uh, kind of the same story there. We saw a marketing year, year low on exports this week, and uh, that that seemed to pressure it this week, but late, late in the week here, they're buying it.
0: And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. The 2021 tax year is quickly coming to
1: an end. Now is a great time to meet with a tax professional to see if there are any final opportunities your farming operation can capture. At Egg Country Farm Credit Services, our team of tax experts specialize in all aspects of agriculture and tax policy. When you're ready to review your finances, turn to the experts in every field at Egg Country Farm Credit Services.
0: The Red River Farm Network delivers market information But it's more than just the numbers. We talk with traders, market analysts, weather forecasters, the people in the know. From Rugby to Benson and Roseau to Aberdeen, the Red River Farm Network covers agriculture. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. When it's important to your bottom line, you'll get the entire story on the Red River Farm Network. With a look at farm news, this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. U.S. Senate has approved legislation that clears the way for an increase in the debt ceiling. The language allows lawmakers to increase the debt limit with a simple majority vote, which will happen in the matter of days. A meeting this week in Alexandria, Virginia, brought together the EPA, state pesticide regulatory officials, and the agriculture industry. The fate of dicamba was discussed. A senior EPA official said the agency has not made any decision regarding the registration of Extendamax, Ingenia, or Tavium. A representative from the Office of Pesticide Programs said EPA understands farmers want to know the dicamba rules for next year, but there is no timeline for that decision. Meanwhile, EPA still reviewing reports of off-target dicamba injury from this past growing season. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture says it will work with the makers of the four dicamba herbicide products and the EPA to implement state-specific use restrictions for the 2022 growing season aimed at curbing off-site movement. The department says it plans to register the products with the additional restrictions that no application shall be made south of Interstate 94 after June 12th and north of Interstate 94, that end date is June 30th. Also, no application shall be made if the air temperature of the field at the time of application is over 85 degrees or the National Weather Service forecast at high for the nearest location is over 85 degrees. The state-specific re- restrictions require EPA approval and would appear on the federal label of each product. CoBank has released a comprehensive forecast for the year ahead. A dysfunctional supply chain and inflation will continue to be an issue. Cobank economists do not expect any significant pullback in farm level costs until the third quarter at the earliest. Direct government farm payments are expected to drop off, which is expected to squeeze the balance sheets even further. Cobank says exports to China will be the wild card for U.S. agriculture. Biden administration has published its rules defining the waters of the U.S. in the Federal Register. Last month, the EPA and the Army Corps said it planned to repeal the Navigable Waters Protection Rule established during the Trump presidency. The latest action kicked off a 60-day comment period about the controversial rule. EPA released its renewable fuels blending requirements this week. The agency took an unusual step, retroactively changing the biofuel requirements for 2020. Draft rule also lowers the volumes for 2021. And for 2022, the EPA is proposing an increase in requirements for conventional ethanol and advanced biofuels. Minnesota Corn Growers Association is disappointed with blending requirements. Corn grower president Brian Bigler said EPA's seems to be backing big oil. We've been uh,
1: waiting a long time for this, and they kept promising from since the summer and finally came out with something. So, um, you know, just supposed to be at 15 billion gallons, and they cut it down to 12 and a half here now for 2020, and um, definitely shows that they're kind of backing big oil instead of um, trying to help out the family farms and the rural economies in the area.
0: Farm Bill hearings expected to begin in the second half of next year and with it brings an election year as well. With the current margins in Congress, agricultural lobbyist James Callen anticipates a change in the majority. Most folks predict that Republicans will retake the House. Of course we're 11 months away but historically um, in the
1: first election of a president's first term, the midterms, uh, the president loses his party loses seats both house and senate seeds, particularly the house.
0: House. That's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Wheat growers count on industry-leading, high-quality Agri-Pro brand certified seed to maximize overall performance and economic return. And if you're looking for a spring wheat variety that will yield well and finish early, check out AP Murdoch. A.P. Murdoch is a medium early maturity wheat with a solid disease package, straw strength and excellent threshability. Call your local AgriPro associate to find the right seed for your acres. Find agronomic and performance data and a list of AgriPro associates at agriprowheat.com.
2: Hello,
1: my name is Brian Cool, and I'm the president and CEO of the Progressive Agriculture Foundation. We are committed to making farm, ranch, and rural life safer for all children and their communities. You, too, can help prevent a child from becoming ill, injured, or even losing their life due to an agriculture-related incident. Visit progressiveag.org to learn how you can bring a Progressive Agriculture Safety Day to your community and get involved.
2: With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. Rains fell across western North Dakota in late October, but Syngenta Agronomy Services Representative Nathan Popple doesn't think it was enough to alleviate the dry conditions. More moisture is needed
1: as dry and as you know the extreme exceptional drought that we had um we're still seeing a lot of that i think at least where it was exceptional we're at least still in extreme uh so it's it's very dry there's a lot of concerns that come with that Uh, a lot of issues that came up this year along with that too so you know i always tell guys to plan for the best obviously if we start getting some snow we start getting some moisture you know coming through things like that that always helps and and i think improves morale whenever you start getting but uh it's going to take a fair amount of snow i think to replenish the lakes and and the potholes and things like that, Uh, but if we can get some subsoil moisture to at least get us started well this year and then hopefully we just get some rain coming through the year."
2: Popple says several farmers are waiting to make acreage decisions
1: there's good commodity prices there's also high fertilizer prices and then we've got the dry situation you know the dry situation also throws into the wrench of you know do we have different carryover concerns that we wouldn't normally have and so those are all things that I think farmers are thinking about and trying to consider I certainly say to anybody that might have been thinking about pressing or pushing a rotation um, not to do that to make sure you completely follow what the label says to a letter when it comes to rotation this year.
2: World Weather Incorporated expects a ridge to build over Argentina bringing warmer and in- drier conditions to northern Argentina and southern Brazil. Portions of southern Brazil and northern Argentina have already been experiencing some minor crop stress due to dry conditions. World Weather says portions of southern Brazil and Argentina have the potential for warmer and drier weather over the next couple of weeks, increasing the threat of crop stress as the topsoil dries out. Brazilian consultancy Agrural says soybean planting in Brazil reached 94% complete as of December 2nd. That compares to 90% last year. Agrural says some areas of, Bra- of southern Brazil and the southern part of Mato Grosso do Sul receive less than normal rains during November, but the outlook for below normal rains in the first half of December is more worrisome for crop development. High-quality spring wheat continues to see very good demand. North Dakota Wheat Commission Administrator Neil Fisher says export demand for spring wheat remains very strong.
1: Yeah, we had some really good luck in in some of our our growing customer countries where they just stuck with us on the spring wheat. And of course, it was at a relative bargain when that marketing year started. So we saw, we saw a new high in, in the Philippines where there's, you know, they racked up 70 million bushels of U.S. spring wheat this year. A lot of that coming from North Dakota, but in, in Vietnam, in Taiwan, in China came back in, in a big way for us as well. So there's a lot of growth potential there yet.
2: Fisher expects continued demand from Asia-Pacific nations.
1: We think in the, in the, in the upcoming trade uh, discussions, we need to be working more on Indonesia and some of the rest of South Asian countries where there's a lot of potential that needs a good look. And it's right now, actually, things are kind of moving a little slowly in trade policy area, and we'd like to see that stepped up. But I, I think we'll make some progress.
2: Barley supplies are tight following the dry growing season in North Dakota and Minnesota. Anheuser-Busch Agronomy Manager Nikki Zaradka says there will be enough barley to get through the year for brewing, but rebuilding inventory will be a priority for 2022. Grower contracts are out for next year and farmers are interested. You know with the fertilizer prices the way they are, uh, barley doesn't quite use quite as much as some other crops like wheat and corn and so there has been quite a bit of interest. Also barley is a little more drought tolerant and so some of these areas are sitting a little dry still and worrying about subsoil moisture so lots of interest. Um, you know, like we, we're trying to spread out ourselves as geographically as we can this year just to make sure we're, we're covering all corners of the state since Mother Nature just loves throwing us all these curveballs. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor with the Red River Farm Network.
1: Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn farmers are supporting university research to develop biodegradable corn plastics that would replace oil-based plastics. Using Minnesota-grown corn to create a better plastic delivers not only environmental benefits, but a huge potential new market for our state's corn crop, boosting demand and on-farm profitability. Want to learn more? See how your Minnesota corn checkoff investment is at work for you at mncorn.org. At a time when misinformation is all too common on social media, we take great pride in bringing you the news that matters, that impacts your family, news you can trust. Local broadcast journalists bring you the facts, covering the stories breaking in our community and across the globe. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on local journalism. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters.